Hi, my name is Brian. Welcome to Crossroads. Thank you for being here this morning, for enjoying some time of worship with us, and for getting to listen to um, the word brought this morning with, with power and with authority. And uh, so we thank you so much for joining us in that excellent endeavor that we get to do, hopefully, as often as possible. We're going to get started with some prayer. Please join me. God, thank you so much for this endeavor of worshiping you corporately. Uh, we know that, God, you have this church here for a reason. Hopefully, it's for an example to the generations that have come and are to come. We know that there can be many anxieties, many fears around what the next generation is to experience, uh, what the next generation's church will look like, but God, help us to be an example of true worship, of true relationships, of, of not conforming to the chaos of the world around us, of being that example of peace and comfort and, and true worship. And God, we pray that you're here this morning to show us through the message and through the words that we're going to speak, God, that you are the true hope for all generations in all time. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on our world. Have mercy on our nation. Have mercy on my city. Have mercy on my family. Please, Lord, have mercy. Give wisdom to our leaders who are lying awake at night thinking about what needs to happen next. Give courage to the nurses who are willingly stepping into the front lines to help people just like us. Give strength to the scientists working tirelessly to find answers for all of us. Give hope to the sick, staring up at ceilings, wondering if they'll be the next statistic. Give healing to the legendary grandpas and cherished grandmas. To the heroic mothers and the gentle fathers. To the brave sons and the beautiful daughters. Lord, have mercy on all of us. You don't owe us anything, but we are begging for this. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. I, I wanted to start today because we're talking about generations. We're talking about uh, decades of people in our country uh, now and into the future. And looking at the situation in our world today, we need mercy. We, we need mercy uh, from a loving, holy God that loves us so much he sent his son to die for us. He's put before us a path of, of clean living, of righteousness, of raising families in God. And, and yet we'll see as we go along that in many ways we turn from that. It's so we need mercy. We need not to be, not receive what God has given us. But we also need grace. And God offers grace to give us what we, not only to not punish us for our sins, but to give us what we don't deserve. So today we're, we're talking about mercy. We're talking about grace for a nation as generations uh, of people unfold inside of our country. This verse, uh, but God follows being rich in his mercy because of his great love. Uh, that he gave us while we were dead in our trespasses, when we were far from God, when each person here was walking in the world, myself and everyone else, rejecting God for decades in my case, uh, 
He sends his own son to die for us. This is but God being rich in mercy. So today we will not only be talking about currently in our nation what's taking place, but also for future generations seeking mercy from God for the next generation, for, for my kids, for my grandkids. And now I don't know how that happened with a 20-year-old like myself. I got great-grandchildren. What in the world is going on around here? Uh, but this is our hope today is to look to the future for the generations that are there. And we are talking about generations. We're continuing a series on fear where God says, don't have fear. Don't, don't live in fear that is there. Uh, fear not is the title of the series that we're in. We started out with control, the fear of losing control, of not having control. And as we mature, we talked, we realized then in that message and we really never do have control. We have control of who controls us. We can choose God or we can choose the other guy. So the first one was fear of being out of control. Uh, last week, Nick did a great job on supernatural. There are forces moving, supernatural forces moving in our culture, our country, our city, our church, even as we speak. Uh, forces of evil, but also forces of good, spiritual forces. It, it, is, it is important that we have reverent fear for God, but not fear for the bad guys that are coming after us. So that was last week about the supernatural forces. This week, we're doing something that I don't think we've talked about before. It's next gen, generations, the generations inside of our country. And we're going to look really at three sides. Uh, there should be a fear for the next generation. We'll talk about why they're, they're walking into a very dangerous, almost impossible situation. But then we're going to talk about generations that exist, the fear of the generation that's now taking over inside of our country. And then hopefully at the end, we're going to be bringing in some hope for each one of us. Uh, we're told that God is still in charge. He says, uh, we can have peace in the world, even though there's tribulation, even though there's things are going on, even as we look at the, the challenges that current generations are facing, what are we going to be able to do about that? That's, that's really our hope for today. But I, but I wanted to start and, and talk about what are the generations? I want to define the parameters as we start out, because here's, here's where we'll be looking uh, the generations that have gone before us and the generations that we have. Uh, I've listed them. Uh, I looked them up. The, the greatest generation, uh, 1919, 1945, this generation, we'll spend some time talking about them. Now, a very small fragment of them are still with us today. Baby boomers taking over immediately after uh, World War II. Generation X, 65, they show up. Millennials, uh, it was actually XYZ, but millennials, they wanted a special name, so we gave them one. Uh, and then Gen Z, and now Alpha. Alpha is among us, the, the youngsters, the, the youngins that are in our midst. And we'll talk quite a bit about them when we come to hope for the future. And we're told that let, let it be, this be recorded. Generations to come and people to be created, they can praise God. Because this, 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 again, the promises of God that all generations, all people ever born, every country, every person, Christ sends his son to pay for our sins. There is such hope and promise for each and every one of them, each generation. God so loved the world that he sends his son. And if we do sin, 
He sends a payment for our sins. He doesn't just wipe them out and say they don't count. He sends his son to pay for our sins personally, individually. One of the most staggering, if you will, if you're not familiar with this concept, is that each Christ follower stands before the cross of Christ and sees a list of our personal sins. I saw my personal sins. Christ looked at me from the cross in my mind, and he knew every one of my most shameful things that I ever did. And he paid for them. He did that for you. If that has not sunk in, as that has not changed your life, if you get nothing else out of today, ponder, meditate, consider the truth of Christ dying individually for us. That's the promise for each and every generation that's there. So today we're going to unpack. And, and again, next generation is the title. What depends where we are. Now, the truth is that I was born in 1943. Yes, people are still alive, born in 1943. Uh, I'm propped up up here and everything else. But I consider myself a boomer because that's where I live my life and everything else. But we're going to talk about some of the generations. We're going to, we're going to start with a group of people that's called the greatest generation inside of our country. This was a generation that was born in 1919. They, they moved into what we call uh, the Roaring Twenties. They were young at that time, but as, as they moved through that, that particular period of time, the nation was in sin. The nation, we had finished World War I, we'd come back, the, the troops were back, life was good. Uh, they called it the Roaring Twenties, the flappers, the, all of these other things were taking place. It was a wild time. Uh, people were spending, enjoying, party, hearty, and all of those during that time. The stock market, the investments were just skyrocketing out the top. The stock market became gambling. This hope of a quick profit, people pouring their money into it. We, we kind of uh, look back, well, that was back then. That's what we're doing right now. It's all speculation. There's no reality. There's no, there's no assets. If, if Ford Motor Company went broke today, the stockholders will get zero because they're in debt over their head, by the way. I just bought a Ford trying to help that. Uh, just a little side comment uh, as we do that. But uh, the, the Roaring Twenties, we were in sin. And God, out of his love for us, disciplined our country. We came into something called the Great Depression. You know, we talk about uh, recessions. We talk about things, and some people talk about how hard it was. We have no idea. 40% of the people out of work, lining up just to get food, traveling from city to city. They called them hobos, going from city to city to looking for work. Uh, men standing there all day long just for an hour's work so they could possibly get something for their family. The, the farmland went desolate and, and were, was destroyed. Food, uh, there was things, natural disasters happening inside of our country because God was saying, can I have your attention, please? I have plans for you as a nation. I have plans for you as a people. God disciplined our country at that time. And, and here's what this new generation did, led by evangelists like Billy Sunday, Harold Liddell, uh, Bill Bell Riley, uh, Amy McPherson, and Billy Graham, starting during this period of time. There was a voice, a loud, clear voice to our culture, to our nation, Return to God that churches filled up during these times. People went looking for help, 
and they looked up. During this time, families who had been scattered and broken and in all the wealth and everything else, they moved back in together again. You know, today we, we kind of make fun of millennials at 33 living with their parents. Uh, that's, we won't go there. But back in those days, that was a survival. The families moved back together, not only two generations, but often three and four generations in the same home so they could survive. We became a nation founded, if you will, on God again, returned to him. And the promise was true. If a nation, if a person, if a family will faithfully obey the voice of the Lord their God, being careful to do his commandments that he gives us today, he will set this nation and this person, this family, high above all the other nations. During the period of time, a foundation was rebuilt inside of our nation as we returned to God. And the blessings came upon us. And ultimately, we'll talk about this generation winning World War II, cause the enemies to turn against you, and there will be no debt. We will pay our way as we go during these times. This is what happened during the 30s. The greatest generation came out of the 30s into World War II. And we, you're not going to hear this in classes anymore, by the way. Uh, we've done everything we can to denigrate, to cancel, uh, to write off our history. The greatest generation stopped, if you will, basically in our country. Remember at the time, Europe was overrun in a matter of weeks. North Africa had fallen and was continuing to fall. Japan had taken over China, had taken over Korea, had taken everything in the east other than Australia, and they were sweeping across our islands, taking those over, heading for Hawaii. But something happened. A nation rose up. The greatest, if you will, generation made sacrifices that we can't even imagine today. Uh, giving up all personal luxuries at home so the all those could go to the war fighters. Uh, women went to work in factories. Men volunteered, lined up, long lines. They weren't going to Canada or marching in the street. They were lining up to get into the fight. That generation won the war that would have put the whole world in bondage to Hitler and, and tyranny. That generation turned it around. Uh, and the celebration was there. It was real taking place uh, during that time. W what happened? Well, another generation rose up. Another generation was transitioning at that time. So this whole thing changed. And that's what we're talking about, the generations that followed the greatest generation inside of our country. Because what happened with, after World War II, all of this military might, this industrial might, we actually, by the way, this is going to shock some, some younger generations, but we used to produce steel. We used to produce oil. We used to have a surplus. We used to have all of those things going on inside of our country. Uh, you know, right now, we're a service industry, most, and our strongest employment base is fast food. Thank you. Uh, as a nation. That was the time. This is what they turned over, but they turned that industrial complex into producing consumer goods. And we became the heirs of the greatest wealth that the world has ever seen. Our standard of living went from barely getting by in the war and sacrificial to 
conspicuous consumption where you had to have a house bigger than the neighbor, you got to have a faster car, and all of this started to take place, and people turned from God. These generations today, we're going to talk about those generations. And the first thing we're going to talk about is fear for the next generations. The fear for those people who are taking over or are now running our country. Uh, Actually, if if you stop and look at them, we're going to talk about fear that they should be having. And then we're going to talk about fear of. Now, as old dudes, uh, they're going to decide our future. There used to be the standard joke. Be nice to your kids because they're going to pick your rest home. They're not only going to pick your rest home, they're going to pick your medical care. They're going to write the algorithms that will define who can get what surgery at what time. They're also going to be the ones that have come up and try and solve almost, well, not almost, but unsolvable financial problems that are there. So we'll talk about them, and then we're going to talk about uh, hope for the generations to come. Uh, So here we go. Where are we as a nation? I don't think there should be any question as we look at the world, fire, natural disaster, acts of God that are taking place, financial things that are taking place, that, that we have turned. And there should be concern, mass shootings, breakdown of the family, disintegration, marriage is no longer valued, uh, fewer and fewer people are getting married uh, and staying together. And so what I, what I need to do is, as we look at the next generation, I want to speak as someone who, who was born in the greatest generation but wasn't part of it. I was a baby boomer. I spent, I enjoyed, I lived and indulged as I went through, as my generation did. So as we, as we turn around, we need to look at our generation now and as prudent people, we got to see the danger. We should, if we don't stop and realize where we're at, the precipice that's in front of us, be sober-minded. Satan is prowling to destroy us. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a nation, a people, a family, a person sows into their life. If we sow to sin in our flesh, we will reap corruption. If a nation, a people, a family sows to the spirit, we'll reap life. And life abundantly following God. So, so as we look at, at, at the generations that are coming out of it, with the fears for Generation X, uh, before, listen, before the oldest generation X, Y, or Z, or Alpha were old enough to even vote, they were so deep in debt, they will never get out of it. The nation was, as we have sold, if you will, our future. We have so drastically changed the situation. We have gone from number one in the world uh, militarily, morally, spiritually. The strength of our families and everything else continues to decay as we go on. You know, we, we look at everything that's taking place. And like one of the, the quotes, this is, a, I, I, I went to Google, a source of all information, and I said, tell me what, what the generations that are coming up fear. And so in 0.61 seconds, I got 325 million responses. I decided not to read them all to you. So here we go. Uh, this is the first statement that I grabbed. I, like everyone else in my generation, this is, this is an Xer, 
uh, like everyone else in my generation, I'm finding it increasingly difficult not to be scared about the future, and well they should be, and angry about the past, angry about what nations or generations before them had done to them to put them in this particular situation. Because generations before them, starting after World War II, turned from God. We, I lived through it. I, I saw so much of it. If you don't obey the voice of the Lord your God, be careful to do His commandments. These curses will come upon you. Uh, the Lord will send on curses of confusion. Listen to, the, listen to the headlines of our time. Confusion, frustration, pestilence, COVID, diseases, uh, diabetes, all of these heart diseases, all of these different things, and they'll stick to you. Uh, the Lord will strike you with wasting diseases, fever, inflammation. There will be heat and drought, and take a look around, fires uh, taking place, floods taking place. Uh, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. No one likes what I'm going to say. We have not won a war since World War II. We, we had a tie in Korea. Vietnam was a fiasco because, by the way, of the will of our people. Uh, to stop communism at that time. In, in the Middle East, everything that we'd done has have, we did was turn to sand again. It's back the way it was. Oh, and by the way, Afghanistan, was there a bigger disgrace for our nation? I don't think so. When it come military, we abandoned uh, a people that had, uh, we, we had supported for so long. No, we, we turned, we should be scared because we turned. And the other thing, and, and, and please don't miss Madness, confusion will be there. The soldier, the visitor, the foreigner who moves to your country, he's going to rise higher. He's going to lend to you. And you're not going to lend to him. Look at so many of the payday loans, who's running them. Look at so many of our small businesses. And I'm not talking trash about them. They're making money. They're doing it straightforward. They're, but who's loaning us the money? China? People inside of our own nation today? Our loaning is money. I love the example that it talks about if you, if you borrow, because uh, borrowing uh, for investment is one thing. But when you borrow for consumer, the, the other person will become the head, and you will become the tail. Uh, the lender wags uh, the tail uh, in this particular case. So this is something that they're facing, and all I can do is apologize, because all that's true. Now, but that is not the major concern of the generations coming up. This is the major concern of generation coming, coming up. There is no planet B. This is it. And, and from this context, they're right. And so all of these things, and this new research suggests that Gen Z experienced higher levels of fear, guilt, outrage of climate change. Research show that the global warming concern is 73% of the worry about that. Climate change, the single biggest health threat. President Biden weighs in. Everyone's weighing in. United Nations weighing in. We have climate change. There's no way we can survive it. This is so important to them. We're not going to talk about it. Until next week. 
And the whole topic will be on climate change and what we can do about it as we go forward. But climate change to this culture is real. It is a concern. We will talk about it next week. Uh, how's that for passing the buck? Um, but as we do it, let's talk about the, the, the diagnosis, if you will, that's taking place inside of our country. What are some of the things? And these are, these are quotes, again, coming back from those who are being affected in Gen XYZ. You know, they're, they're, they're turning around saying, there's the, I have no possibility of retiring before 75 uh, because of everything that's taking place around me. Uh, one in five Gen X is on. They're living in poverty by our definition, inside of our culture. Uh, one half, only one half of the current generations are as likely to own their homes that their parents owned going through. 300% more student debt uh, that takes place. There's a general fear and anger at the man, at the system, at the group that put them in this particular situation. Uh, and as you look at the confusion around us, you're looking at rioting, looting, uh, burning, taking place inside of our cities, uh, dyspor gender dysphoria, social bullying, all these in the general disgust and distrust for our political system. And rightfully so. Our political system, which was the envy of the world, the model that free nations followed about how to put together a system that works where life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness can be guaranteed, stumbled after what is it, 69 successful elections and turnover in power. And t last year, January 6th, one of the greatest disgraces to our country an armed group of people, a, a militant mob, went to overturn an election. The world looked at that and just shook their head at amazement and sorrow. If it could happen to us, it could happen to them. Oh, by the way, look at the military takeovers and fall dictators around the world today. What, what happened in this nation? A loss of the solid spiritual foundation that exists. Again, quick history. You won't find this uh, in the books today. You won't find it on mainstream media or the History Channel. Uh, the United States turned away from the foundation that they were built upon. We, uh, patriotism has been canceled. Uh, if you speak out, you, you will be looked as a fool in those things. Another generation has arisen in our country in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, absolute pure truth that's given by Jesus Christ that he claims to be. It's veiled from those who are perishing. We went from God's truth, absolute truth, to personal truth. If I think it's true, well, it's true. We talked about this in Sunday school class, uh, how the Values Clarification Program brought that about today. The God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers from seeing the glorious gospel. The narrow gate, few today have chosen the hard way of Christ. We'll come back to that, because in that is the hope, by the way. But today in our culture, the statistics uh, a term, syncretism, which I never understood. It started in 1990. I bought a book and I read it and I said, what's syncretism? It is now the dominant religion form inside of our country. 
It's a take a little of this, take a little of that. Your personal choice. You want some karma? No worries, take that. You, you want some Buddhism? You want some Hinduism? You want some Christian? You want to be spiritual? You want to create your own Jesus? We have designer Jesuses for you that are available. Uh, we turned from biblical Christianity, and, and that's where we are now. Uh, the generation and the... Now, that's, that's that part. Now, uh, the, the people that are going to follow one, let's, let's go back and take a look at, at what they're, they're set up for them as they're taking this. Parents stopped training their kids. They, they stopped telling them about Christ. Abraham Maslow took over with an idea of self-worship. You know the goal that's taught in our cultures uh, today is self-esteem, self-actualization, self-realization. There's a common word in there. Did you catch it? Self. It's all about me. It's all, I want to build my world. I want to define my truth. Uh, not God. I will be able to do that. You know, these things, is, uh, this, is, this is, if you start to discipline because of people like Dr. Spock and his 100 million books and Maslow, if you discipline your kids today, it's just as likely to be called child abuse. And the helicopter moms of the last generation have so protected their kids. When your kids get in trouble at school and you parents go to the school to, to find out what's going on, guess who's to blame? It's not the kid. It's you. That You've made the mistakes in that situation. I'm not going on. But we have fallen to such a degree that we took one of the great symbols of freedom in this world, the White House the symbol of our democracy and everything that is there, and we've turned it into a mockery. We've chosen, and I'm not, not anti-LGBTQ, so don't get me wrong on that. I love them. I think they need to know Christ. Excuse me, I know they need to know Christ. But we as a nation have divided over this, this issue, and it is now defining our nation. For transgressions are multiplied, before you, sins testify against us. Uh, for our transgressions are with us. We know our iniquities. All of these things that are there. Truth has stumbled. All the, the obvious proof and evidence for male and female is thrown aside, and we have our kids now in gender dysphoria that's taking place. Fear for this generation, oh please. We will come to a hope and a solution. But now fear of the next generation. What should I fear and what should anyone who's older fear from this generation? Again, uh, Google steps in in 0.6 seconds. Uh, Jesus said it obviously. He didn't come to bring peace. When you stand for Christ, and I don't care if you're young, old, or in the middle, there's going to be division and strife. There's a division and strife in our nation for old dudes who follow Christ and the younger generations who have found a new Jesus. That's the division and the strife that's there. Uh, father against mother. And this, by the way, this word, I'd like to try and pronounce it. It's ebophobia. I looked it up. I listened to it four times on Google. Uh, it's fear of the youth. What are they going to do to me? Well, that's a good question because they, they have reason to be concerned about us. 
uh, inside of the world? What are some of the things that X, Y, and Z are looking at? What are, here's some of the challenges they have to face, old dudes like me and, and, and ladies that are here. Uh, what's in front of this younger generation? Debt. We have buried our nation in an impossible level of debt. As long as things are going well, they'll be able to keep the Ponzi scheme going. Debt, by the way, again, I said this earlier, I think, debt is not a sin if it's in an appreciating asset. It's a wise investment. But when you buy something that's going to depreciate to half its value as soon as you walk off the lot or out of the store with some new, pro, uh, pro, you know, new car, uh, new uh, appliance, uh, that is that is conspicuous consumption, and it is not a good investment, and it results in debt that are that's controlling us. Why talk about it? The government is in debt beyond any real hope of getting out. For seniors, now this doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's knocking at the door. We as a nation cannot continue the way we're going. Uh, currently, we have so the major bulk of our population is going on Social Security at this time. Social Security in 2033 runs out. There is no, there is no money in the bank for that. Uh, Medicare, by the way, full benefits will start to be dwindling in 2028, not far away. In 2030, they'll be gone. So if you want medical care, if you want those things as a nation right now, they're spending $1.3 trillion sneaking money into those funds that were supposed to, they were supposed to put all my money that I put away into a bank account. They didn't do it. They spent it. And so we're in that situation now. So what are they going, what's, I, I, I'm, this is not dooms, this is just truth. We as a nation have some very serious decisions to do. I'm going to give you some of the least palatable that gets more and more accepted around the world. It's called assisted suicide. Think about it. Assisted suicide now is legal in many countries, Canada to the north and some states in the United States, where it's, what it is, it's hospice on steroids. If you decide that life is unpleasant or you have someone who's uh, handicapped, challenged in such a way and can't respond for themselves, the idea is the most merciful thing to do and the moral thing to do was to help them go on to a better life. And I've been in the room, in the hospital rooms, where People have made that decision, and the family has agreed, and there's no turning it back as they continue the morphine flow. These are hard decisions, hard times. Uh, is there a solution? Is there real hope? Yeah. There is. There always will be. Always has been. There is, even though it is very wide and the majority of people are going in one direction, Jesus Christ still offers a narrow path. It's hard. This doesn't sell well in modern America, but the path is hard. 
It is challenging to go against the culture, to stand up for truth when there is no truth. Parent, when, when parenting uh, is looked down upon, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. His great mercy, he, can, he causes us to be born again. There is a way, there is a hope for each and every person. There is a hope for every family that's resident here. And, and just to sow such as some of that hope, you start looking at what's taking place in the nation. It's still, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. The next generations, there is a core group that are hearing that, and they are seeing that. They have made decisions to look beyond. That's Asbury Revival uh, on the right. Uh, these are breaking out in campuses across our country. Uh, this love of God, and by the way, this love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself, it's been so twisted that it says you got to love yourself before you love your neighbor. I didn't know what Jesus said. Go love your neighbor as you already love yourself. You know, again, I put two websites in there for you that will talk about the desire of upper coming generations. They see it. Now, they're looking for hope. Now, this is where it gets tricky. As they look for hope, make spiritual giants. Don't sell a false way out. You know, tell them the truth. And they're going to have to stand up to this because the culture, if it's in high school, if it's in college, College is a slaughter box for people with Christian values right now. Again, like I said earlier, I've got kids, I've got grandkids, I've got many kids in college, many that are out of college, uh, high, it's still in the school system. You know, this is the reality. Work out, and this is the hope, as the younger generation works out their salvation with fear and trembling inside of this very dark world, they can be lights. They can be lights of hope to this world. Families that are choosing to dedicate themselves to raising their kids in Christ and presenting it to them, there will be persecution. There will be challenges. We can guarantee that. But there is hope inside of this. And, and I want to jump ahead to this. Uh, for those of you who don't know this, uh, in Crossroads, we have a core group of people that are changing our nation. They're parents brave enough to separate themselves from the teaching of the world, to lovingly discipline and correct their children. Uh, train up a child in a way he is, when he's old, he will not depart from it. We as parents and as grandparents and great-grandparents, we can offer to our kids power when the Holy Spirit enters into them. Without that power, without the Holy Spirit, without a relationship with Christ, they have no hope. You can look around. Uh, I, I mentioned this earlier in my Sunday school class. If you want to see pandemonium and chaos inside of a church, come Saturday night. Then afterwards, you're going to see munchkins about... 15 to 20 of them running around here, little terrorists. You know, if you're not looking, they'll run you. No, they're, they're just having fun. But, you know, their parents have made commitments. They are respectful. 
They are training. Again, there's so many of them here, I'd almost want to embarrass them and have them stand up that have committed their kids to these programs. There's a group on Thursday night where a lot of them get together, their kids come to the service and behave. It is an opportunity for celebration. For me, I see it as the hope. Many of them are homeschooled. We've got four homeschools uh, going inside the church today. Uh, Brian and, and Jennifer, uh, Nick and Kelsey and their group are meeting here. There's groups that are meeting and kids are being raised. You want to look for hope? It's in the younger generations, those that, that are going to avoid the public contamination. When you see them, they don't have their phones out and their heads bent. There's hope. There is hope. So uh, as I say that, uh, be encouraged, whatever it might be. But more than that, encourage real relationships with Christ ourselves that we can pass on to our kids. We have to know Christ to share Christ. We have to live Christ. We have to live Christ in such a way that there's real relationships. How do you do that? We lay our lives down for Jesus Christ. We, we are crucified with Christ. This is what we offer them. Not a halfway pick and make your own Jesus. The real Jesus. If you want to come after him, deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow him. And to the world, it's foolishness. To most people, sadly, probably that attend Crossroads, a true commitment to Christ, a 100% throw-it-all-in commitment, is foolishness. Give them all control of everything, our finances, our family. Oh, yeah. You want nothing less. You don't want lukewarm. Is there hope? Well, absolutely there is. It started out, the, the video that we watched at the beginning, Mercy. But God, being rich in his mercy with which he has loved us, while we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, God made us alive in Christ. That's the hope for us. And in the challenges that we have in front of us, that is the only hope. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for at this time, at this place, you, you are still God. You are the sovereign ruler that offers love, grace, and mercy to each person listening today. And you offer a path, a path of redemption, a path of hope, not only for us and our generation, whatever that may be, but for generations to come. Jesus Christ still offers nail-scarred hands to each young child. Thank you that you will empower the parents to be godly parents that live a life that honors Christ and passes it on to their children. We thank you that you will do that and give wisdom. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, one of those things, just this week, go, just, if anyone has questions about homeschooling or any of the other things that are out there, the groups that are available, kids support, parenting support, any of that stuff, come see us. And anyone who would like prayer at this time, the prayer corner is open over there uh, on the side. Thanks for being here.